Well, good morning, and uh, this is Don Schwer. Welcome to our podcast. And uh, with me today, we're, we're lucky to be joined by Mark Rosenbaum. And uh, Mark is uh, currently the Chief Executive Officer of Rose Tree Consulting, uh, and prior to that has held a number of very key positions within uh, uh, organizations such as Cardinal Health, which we'll talk a little bit about. I had uh, first met Mark back out in L.A. back in the late 80s, and uh, uh, he was the area manager out in the West Coast, and he's had a meteoric rise since then that we'd like to talk a little bit about. And uh, with that, I, I want to first uh, thanks Mark, uh, thank Mark for joining. Mark, thanks so much for spending some time with us. No, this is great, Don. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's great to connect with old friends, and, uh, and it's nice to have an opportunity to to kind of reminisce and kind of go down a little bit of memory lane here, which is uh, which is always thoughtful and always nice to be able to do. Well, there's one thing that I could uh, say about Mark is he's got uh, a unique capability of storytelling too, and he has been uh, an individual that um, provided strong leadership to organizations that I was a part of. Um, and he's one of those guys that I think immediately connects with a client. Um, but I, what I'd like to do is kind of jump right in. And Mark, what uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing today. You know, today it's um, I'm I'm really so lucky uh, and and really so blessed with with the things that I get a chance to do today. I retired from Cardinal Health in um, September. I actually September October about this time in 2014, and um, I'll assume that we'll go back and talk a little bit about, about Cardinal, but I had a fabulous opportunity. Just, a, just I was so, again, so lucky, so fortunate to work with so many great people. But I had done some things at Cardinal, and in 2014, my wife and I inherited um, our two nieces, and, um, and I was commuting back and forth from Tennessee to Columbus for about a year and a half, two years. And it ultimately got to the point where it was just a little bit too hard on on everyone. And so I was, again, very fortunate, but I went to Cardinal and talked to them a little bit about what I could do about retiring. And so I retired in 2014 at the age of 55. And I got home and got to Tennessee. And within about, uh, I don't know, maybe about three days, I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? <laughs> and uh, so my retirement lasted about three days. And, uh, and then through my exposure and experience with Cardinal and, and all the other really cool companies that I got a chance to work with. Um, you know, it just opened some doors for me and I got connected with some, uh, with some private equity groups, uh, some really good people. Uh, there are some people at uh, water street, uh, some people at uh, Richmond equity partners and Linden and uh, round table, just a couple other places like that, that I got connected to and had some conversations with. And ultimately I, got connected to some of their companies. And, uh, and so today I'm on six different boards of, um, of you know, small to medium uh, size uh, companies that uh, are trying to make their way in healthcare. All of them are, are healthcare centric, certainly, uh, for, cause uh, you know, for my background to be a participant with them, but, uh, but that's what I'm doing. And, uh, <clears throat> When you're working, Honestly, it's been great. It's when been great. you're working with these companies, what uh, what companies seem to do well in this uh, competitive environment? Sure. Are there any qualities of the organizations that you're currently working with that uh, seem to be common and very important to be able to compete? You know, it's interesting that, that I'm, I'm actually very fortunate because uh, really all of them are doing really really pretty good. Um, 
you know, in varying degrees. And certainly right now with, with the, the times that we're in because of what's happened with the pandemic, obviously it's put a, I mean, everything's strange, right? And, and everything's different. And uh, some of them have, are doing really good in it and others are, are doing okay, but, it, but it's just a different time. Uh, I would think that, you know, I, I, it's the basics, Don. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, and I'm not going to say anything that, that's going to be earth-shattering to anyone, but, you know, the, the, these companies are good because they got strong people um, that are caring and dedicated and committed and focused uh, that just do <clears throat> a really solid job in, in, in making certain that their organizations are also dedicated and focused and, and uh, enthusiastic about what they're doing. Um, uh, all of them, uh, you know, the companies that I'm involved with, you know, some of them are, are information companies um, that, again, is terrific space to be in right now. Um, some of them are little niche product offerings here and there that, uh, that you know, uh, again, we're, we are. In fact, somebody had a really good idea, and we've taken that to the market, and we're working it and, and struggling with it and challenging ourselves with it. And ultimately, some of those are, are catching on. And so it's, it's, um, it's, it, I'm, I'm really working with a lot of different companies. You know, there's not, the companies themselves aren't necessarily similar other than the fact that they're all in healthcare. But the one thing that they do all have in common is they really do have very strong leadership. <clears throat> they have really strong leadership that also works with the organization in such a way that understands what it's like to make certain that building a team is, um, uh, you know, I, I just, I, again, nothing secret here or nothing that's, uh, I'm not inventing uh, anything new or saying anything new, but the single greatest opportunity that I believe that you have within an organization is to make sure that, that you build an effective team um, and that everyone is working together for a common elevating goal and understands what that is. And, um, I, you know, again, I can say a number of cliches here, but once you get everybody in the boat and everybody's rolling in the right direction, um, man, things can really come together. And, and, it, and it, I, I just think that that part of it is just really, it, it's just beautiful to see when, when everything's working together and people understands their role and everybody's committed to their role and doing it and doing it as well as they can. Well, and you've had um, quite a bit of experience on uh, being a leader for uh, not only small organizations, but larger organizations. Cardinal Health's an example of that. Uh, at the time, Fortune 50, um, and uh, you were the customer uh, chief customer officer uh, for Cardinal prior to your departure. Um, you also held positions such as the president of the IPS, which is Integrated Provider Solutions, and EVP, et cetera. Um, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you, you went through a number of different positions, just uh, I think had a, a upward ladder that was one that uh, is quite impressive. What, what do you attribute some of your success at Cardinal? And obviously now that you're involved with these other organizations, what, what do you, you look back on that, uh, what seemed to stand out? to help you uh, progress like you did? Well, you know, again, I, I was, I, I, I've just been, I've been incredibly fortunate, uh, lucky, you know, um, grateful for the many opportunities that I got, you know, throughout my career. Um, <clears throat> I got a chance to do a lot of jobs. I got a chance to do a lot of jobs long before I was ready to do it. Um, but what was, always in my case very fortunate for me is that I just had really good strong um, mentors to help me and to guide me um, through these 
went through those times. Uh, <clears throat> when I think about, you know, people, had, uh, there was a gentleman named Wayne Reimer, and that was just, oh, he was so great, and he was so good and so helpful to me. Um, Joe D'Amico was, was incredibly influential to me. Uh, Ron Labrum, um, um, Carl Gatewood, um, you know, people, Jim Millar, uh, Bob Walter, uh, these, these were people that were just really good to me and really helpful to me as I was growing and, and growing in the jobs. Um, you know, many times it was a proverbial baptism by fire as I was doing some of these things, but it was, uh, it was, it was really good. It was really good for me. It was so much fun. I mean, there were times when it was so much fun because, because all of these jobs, many of the jobs that we had that, that I was fortunate enough to leave, um, <laughs> it was kind of on the precipice of it was the hardest thing, scariest thing, most challenging thing that I'd ever done uh, at the time. But then it was also the funnest thing, most exciting thing, most exhilarating thing that I'd ever done all at the same time. And, uh, and it, was, it was really neat, really, really cool to be a part of it. I remember even going all the way back because I go all the way back. My, my roots are with American Hospital Supply, uh, Long Live the Docs. But uh, I... I I love that too. I mean, I, I, I got chances to do things back then because I was a part of, well, I was just a part, not that I was leading anything at the time, but I was a part of something to those of us that know those days back in the, the days of American Hospital Supply and when we tried to, to merge with, uh, with HCA, which again was one Oops. of the craziest things, one of the neatest things that was, I mean, at the time, you know, I was, I, I don't know. I was 24, 25, and I didn't know. I didn't know anything at the time. But uh, but the next thing I know, I found myself that I was involved with this stuff because I had just moved to Chicago, and and uh, and when we were pulling all this stuff here, well, of course we know. I'm jumping around here, but of course we know that the Curon days of, of American Hospital Spine and HCA didn't come together, and then Baxter came in, and and then it all became Baxter, and. I moved to Chicago during that time to work with a gentleman, uh, with Joe D'Amico and another guy, uh, Jerry Evanuk, who, who, and we all rolled up into a gentleman named, uh, Lyman Lance. <laughs> and it was, oh gosh, I'm not kidding you, Don. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's just the craziest, one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of in my life. And again, I was about, how old was I? I was probably 26 or 27 at the time. And the next thing I know, I, I had worked, when I first started with American Hospital Supply, I was with American Pharmacy. And I still remember to this day, all of a sudden I was in a room and Joe says, hey, we got to go down to Baxter. We drove down from McGaw Park, drove down to Baxter. Uh, I'm sitting in a room and the next thing you know, we're, we, there's probably 10 of us in the room and we're consolidating the, the lines, the, the urological lines of Baxter and American Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And I was the only person in the room. I was the only person in the room that had Ameri- that had that came from pharmacy. <laughs> that had the experience. <laughs> that had the experience of pharmacy. So the next thing I know, all of a sudden people are going, "Well, what is this?" And I'm like, "Well, that's a urethral catheter." And they're like, "Well, well, how does it work?" And that, it's one of those, I mean, again, it, it's probably more funny to me and crazy to me than it was to, to them. I remember they had a. I will tell this part of the story. They had a catheter that was that was called. It was like a silver tip catheter that was that was supposed to, you know, almost make urinary tract infections obsolete, and you could never catch them. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. We knew it. I remember that was, actually, Mark. We, <laughs> we knew it. Pharmacy over there was a piece of crap. It just didn't work. No offense to people, but it just didn't work. Or it didn't work. 
you know, I mean, it worked as long as you like handled the patient with gloves and were gowned and all that stuff. You know, I mean, it was, it, it just didn't work that well in the marketplace. And so we, we at pharmaceuticals love selling it. And I remember, so we're talking about it and they said, well, what about this catheter versus this catheter? And I said, oh, our silicone catheter is much better. And literally the guy just grabs the Travanol one and just throws it in the trash and says, okay, that's not, so we're not using that one. We're going to use this one. And then the next thing I know, I realized that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like designing the, the yeah. product offering for, for urological. And it's like, oh, I'm probably not the best guy to do that. But it, it, anyway, it was just but, an but interesting time that, in my life. And that that's an interesting uh a perspective. I, I started with American Hospital in Boston in 82. And um, I, th- I sensed a freedom that they would give to their teams. Sales really was uh, one of their tip of their spears. Um, but that freedom and confidence that they would give to the younger individuals was something that I think is kind of was unique at the time and probably is unique now. Would, would you agree to that? I would, I, I would absolutely agree. I, 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 I mean, the spirit of that, um, again, of, of, of America, and, and Baxter, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time, and uh, Baxter was really good and, and good to me. Um, American Hospital Supply, uh, uh, again, I, I think, you know what I believe about the whole American Hospital Supply and Baxter relationship is that I, I just, the old adage that we all understand, and I, and I still fervently believe that this is one of, I mean, because I, I, I saw it many other times in my career, but that culture, right? Culture trumps everything. Culture just uh, it just trumps everything. And there was there was a different culture at American Hospital Supply versus the one that, that was at Baxter. And ultimately, you know, the way that they came together and the way that we were, I mean, there were so many things about it that, that were really good and really, really smart and mindful about what we needed to do in the marketplace. But, then that, but there were just cultural differences that, that were a little different, right? And that were, and that ultimately, you know, led to some of the the decisions that ultimately led to, um, you know, the breaking apart of that organization 10 years later. And um, wasn't that it was anything bad. It was just that, hey, but, but together, there were certain portions of that business that it was understood that there are certain portions of that business that were just better not being together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I always respected that. I respected that of the leaders at the time that ultimately realized and came to that conclusion that it you know, we, we've just tried to, for so many, for 10 years now to, you know, to try and shove that square peg into the round hole. And it's just like, it's not a work, right? So let's, mm-hmm. let's do it a little bit differently. And that's what they did. And it, and it really worked. I think this, you know, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, I, I, I do have an interesting, I don't know that it's anecdotal to this, but one of the things, I'm on the board of a company called DTU, which is the Baxter Credit Union. And the gentleman that actually started that was the guy named Lance Piccolo and, and then Vernon Laux was a part of that. And, and, and Vernon Laux is actually still a part of the Baxter Credit Union in a emeritus type way. I mean, he's just such a, and, and the reason why I bring this up is because when all this was happening back in those days and we were pulling all this stuff together, and, I mean, I mean, Vernon Laux and Lance Piccolo and those guys, I mean, it's like they were just like deities, right, of, mm-hmm. of, of the Baxter organization. And I didn't know them at all, but in, in my later years, you know, now, um, I've, I've, it's interesting, but I've had the, I've had the profound pleasure to actually get to know Vernon, um, because he is still associated with the best of credit union. And I, I've, I've had the pleasure of going to dinner with him and, and talking to him, you know, about those days and about what he was thinking during those times and that stuff was coming together and, and what his mindset was and what, 
you know, uh, Harry Kramer and others were thinking about it during those times and how we were viewing it on the American Household Supply side versus on the Baxter side. And it was, it's just, it, it was, again, I'm really fortunate on my part to get to know it and to get to know him and to, and to understand where he was coming from. And um, I, I just thought it was, a, it, was, it was really a neat experience. I think and, and the whole process was really cool. Really cool. And I think we were, we were lucky to have two leaders, um, uh, Lester Knight being one, and then uh, Joe D'Amico take uh, the new organization, Allegiance Healthcare, and in a lot of ways try to replicate what occurred with American Hospital Supply, meaning the freedom and actually taking a logo that uh, was similar. And, uh, you know, Allegiance had, a you know, obviously a significant amount of successes as we spun out, which then was bought by Cardinal. Um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Joe and Lester, I mean, uh, again, it, it, anything I say would almost be inappropriate. Uh, um, you know, it, it would lack the, the ability to convey how good those two guys were, and what they did for those organizations and, and how they ran it and ultimately what they led it to. I mean, it was just, it was perfect. It was, I mean, they just did a, they just did an exceptional job with it and it was just simply outstanding. It was really good. Well, Mark, good for those if, guys. It, you know, as I, as I look at your career, there's, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, you had uh, the positions you held and uh, in a very complex environment, uh, both at Cardinal, but also within uh, Baxter and uh, the companies we just spoke of. Um, I know that mentors are important, but then you, you have some pretty unique qualities, too, that I think have helped propel you. Uh, is there anything that comes to mind that uh, you would point to that really has helped your career? And, you know, if you look at uh, people that might want to follow a path that is as successful as yours, what would you, what would you tell them? You know, um, you, you know, it's at the risk of, of sounding self-effacing about some of this stuff, but it's, um, you know, I, 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 nothing's going to change hard work. Nothing's going to change, um, you know, commitment and dedication and focus and all of those things. And, um, I, you know, we, we've all done these profiles in the past with the Myers-Briggs and some of those things. And, and one of the things that, that I didn't really realize it, but one of the things that, that is something that is deep-seated within me is that I, I just don't like to let people down. I just really don't. I, I had a guy tell me many years ago, and I, I don't know how well I can use my language on this stuff, but I had a guy many years ago, said, he said, Rosie, he said, you're just a get shit done guy. And, and, and that was important to me that, that he felt that way. And that, uh, that's something that I, I, I prided myself in and that, uh, you know, I just believe that if I got my clear and elevated goal, um, that I was committed to and focused to that, uh, you know, I was going to do what I needed to do in order to get it done. But what I, what I really believe, what I, what I, what I truly believe, though, that I know about myself is that I've, I've never needed, nor have I ever been necessarily the smartest guy in the room. And I just always knew that I was going to need help, and I needed help, and I needed people around me that were really smart in areas where I was. Um, and other than having a, what, what I think is a pretty efficient, you know, emotional intelligence barometer 
Um, other than that, I mean, I was a I was a horrible student. I wasn't pretty, I really wasn't very good at it. Um, my I got a little bit of a ADD in me that that uh, has driven me. That that's always been kind of challenging. But um, but I knew that I needed to make certain that I had somebody that was extremely strong, you know, operationally. I know that I needed to have somebody that was extremely strong, you know, from a financial perspective. Uh, the support that I got from uh, people like an Eric Norman, you know, as a, who was my HR person for many years. Um, I mean, and, and, and then just the aspect of making certain that everybody realized that it was a team. Uh, again, I, and I know that that probably sounds so apple pie-ish, but um, I really enjoy being on a team. I, I, I had a chance, you know, many of us were always involved in some type of athletic or it doesn't even have to be a sporting event. Whether you know you're on a a debate team or whatever it is, but but teams, I just think teams are so critical. Teams are uh, diversity is so important, and getting different opinions and having someone. I used to tell people, I expect you to challenge me. I expect you, you know, to get in my face about things. I expect you to to make certain that you'd be very critical about some of the things that we do. Um, you you can do all of those things. But you can't sit in the back of the room with your arms folded across your chest and just be cynical. That that was that was something that I I just I, I really used to I used to seek those people out uh, if if that I hope that that sounds okay. But I remember when I used to get the opportunity. I tell you what, Don, something that you and I were a part of. Well, I I think probably the, the most fun I ever had in my life was when we put together integrated providers. I right. I thought that was that was so much fun and it was so. Neat. It was so hard, um, just so hard in what we did. Um, but it was the amalgamation, right? That just for those that might be listening to this that don't know what that means, but we put together because Cardinal, Cardinal was acquiring companies literally. They, they were buying companies just right and left during the you know late nineties and early two thousands, and and we bought all these companies. We bought Pixies, we bought Alaris, we bought you know Allegiance, we bought all these different companies. Well, then at some point we had to say, okay, enough's enough. We got to figure out how to take all this stuff to market. And so the way that we did that was, I mean, we spent, shoot, we spent a better part of a year meeting as, you know, the leaders, the sales leaders, marketing leaders, operations leaders from all those companies. We would get together in McGall Park literally every week. I mean, just either, you know, that was before the days of Zoom, right? So everybody was traveling in and doing all this stuff. But we did that for the longest time. And we ultimately decided that we were going to put all this stuff together and make it one company called the Integrated Provider Solutions for Hospitals. And and to this day, I, I will tell you to this day, I, I don't care what anybody says, the numbers were working. It was working. It was really, really good. It was really good in the marketplace. Um, and, and it was working in the hospital marketplace in particular. And, and it was good for the customers, and it was good for us. The challenge that we had at Cardinal was that Cardinal was a $125 billion company, and we did $100 billion in retail chain business. And so we would go to, uh, we'd go meet with analysts in New York, you know, once a quarter and have our analyst calls, investor calls once a month. And I'd get a chance to, okay, Rosie, tell us what's going on in Integrated Provider Solutions. And that's and I talk about Pixis is doing this and Alaris is doing this and Cardinal Health Business is doing this and all this stuff. And we're growing and it's great and it's awesome and it's cool. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't moving the needle uh, for Cardinal you know, large investment group because of the fact that we did so much business in drug and in, and in retail chains. And um, so that's, that's what led to us 
having to break the company apart again. Mm-hmm. But uh, but those days of of integrated provider solutions, that was just fun. That that was just really cool. And and I, you know, probably messed you up and probably messed up the listeners if we're trying to follow this. But I will tell you this. So when we would get this, so think about this. We would go to Chicago, and we would have everybody that had that worked in the field sales from Pixis, Solaris, Cardinal, you know, um, Allegiance, you know, all those companies. All those companies, and, I, and I'm leaving, you know, six other smaller companies out. We would bring all those people together. So now all of a sudden you're, in, you're together in a room, and there'd be 300 people in there, and we would stand up and we would start talking about the values of what it is that we're trying to get done and what we're going to get done out of integrated provider solutions. And, and again, the, the, the majority of that time, I fervently believe, was just enthusiastic and excitement. And, and uh, it was just lots of fun to be a part of that and to do that. <laughs> and, I, and I used to always try to make sure that people understood this. You don't have to challenge me. You don't have to be critical, be critical of this stuff. I, I want you to talk about it. I want you to, to, to again, if, if you don't agree with it, I want you to tell me. I want to know about it. But you don't have the chance just simply be cynical. I'm not going to walk out of this room, right. you know, and, and have somebody just be cynical about it. And I really <laughs> try, whenever I say that, I try to look around and I'd always find it in the back of the room and I'd find a guy that was sitting there leaning, leaning up against the wall with his <laughs> arms full of his chest. And I'd say, like that guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. well, it was you... always funny to see him push himself off the wall and come up and go, what are you talking about? It's like, no, you know, yeah, you just can't be cynical about that stuff. And, and that's why, again, back to the theme of, it's just got to be about the team. It just has to be about the team. Yeah. And if the team's not working, if everybody's not doing their job, if one guy misses the block, you know, it's thrown for a loss. That's just not right. It's yeah, well, not it's, right. that's true. And there's been many organizations that have tried to replicate uh, the corporate team that you created, Mark, at Cardinal. Uh, Care Fusion, as you know, spun out of Cardinal. And um, I was part of that corporate team. And an interesting thing that uh, I found out of that is you've got to have a message uh, that really brings to bear all the different components into a higher, more elevating uh, solution or benefit to the, or, to the client, in this case, the hospital. And, and that really helped us. But there's been a lot of companies that have tried it, and it just uh, has not worked. Um, I think sometimes smaller organizations within the company become more important than the greater goal of an integrated solution, and that, that makes it tough. Um, you know, as I as I look at uh, our time, and it's kind of winding down, and it, um, I wanted to make sure that I asked a question, Mark. You've had um, a lot of experience in healthcare, and and now um, as you're retired, probably in different ways. Um, and I'm kind of curious to your perspective in healthcare, generally speaking. What what do you see as the top challenges that um, that healthcare is experiencing, and and uh, any ideas on how we might get through them? Well, you know, you know, first, first, you know, saying that I don't like people being cynical, and and first thing I'll probably say will sound cynical. But it's like, well, you know, if anybody had a crystal ball and could answer that question, you know, gosh, what a wonderful world it would be, right? Right. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that anybody, you know, regardless of your political leanings, I don't know anybody that doesn't believe that, you know, it, it, it'd be wonderful if we could get access to healthcare to everyone in an affordable way, right? Everybody, that that again. And I've used it a couple of times, but I want to make certain that I give him credit to Frank LaFosto, you know, the clear and elevating yeah. goal yeah. that, uh, that that somebody needs to have. And I think that, you know, trying to do that is getting healthcare to everyone in an affordable way. 
well, who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. And everybody, and we know that we need to get to that point. You know, the challenge is always going to be, okay, great, but who's going to pay for it, right? I mean, that's, that's what we continue to challenge ourselves with. And, and, um, and I, I, so, so I don't know that I have, I, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball that way. I, I, I think that, that what has happened here as of late, you know, with the pandemic that we're in, um, gosh, I can't tell you how many calls that, that I've gotten over the last, you know, eight, nine months about, you know, about people that are, you know, desperate times make people do desperate things, right? And so people have just been, you know, almost to a degree just frantic about how they're going to try and secure, you know, PPE products and blah, blah, blah. And it's, um, I think one of the things that, that I would take away, at least from my little small corner of the world, is that um, the supply chain, I, 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 and I believe so strongly in this, but the supply chain, I don't think the supply chain itself has ever been stronger, has ever been more evident than today about how strong and how good it is. Um, you know, Don, you and I know this, that uh, no, nobody ever wanted to, when, some, when a hospital orders 100 items and we would ship them 90 of those items, nobody at the hospital wanted to say, gosh, man, thank you so much for those 90 items, right? <laughs> You know, by the way, so the last 10 items, you know, well, five of them are on national back order that we can't do anything about, but five of them are, are probably our fault, you know, just mm-hmm. a distributor's fault, and that's, we just had them in the wrong place at the wrong time, blah, blah, blah. But nobody wants to talk to you about the 90 that you did well, and nobody wants to give you credit for the five that you can't do anything about. They just want to go crazy about, where's my, where's my right. five, right? And, I do, and, and we understand that. We truly understand that. That's, that's, what, our, that's what our job was. Um, you know, I think the supply chain today has never been more evident and nobody ever wanted to really talk about the supply chain until we got this pandemic and then everybody became experts on it, right? Which which also kind of was the problem because we have a lot of people that are trying to do different things that are just interrupting the supply chain. We don't have a supply chain problem. We have a supply problem. I mean, that's, that's, that's what's, again, I'm bludgeoning the obvious, but that's really what's happening in the marketplace today is that it's, it's the people that are the strange way that, that the American public, you know, ran and hoarded toilet paper and, and, you know, paper goods is the same thing that's happened in the hospital marketplace, that hospitals all over the country just started hoarding masks and gloves and gowns and, and everything just because of the fact that they didn't know what they didn't know about what would happen if they became a hotspot. Right, fear. Um, and, you know, when, when a hospital who normally orders, and, and literally this is the case, and I'll just give a general example, but I had somebody call me and they were just like, that your old friends, you know, in the dis- distribution marketplace are not helping me and they're, 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 they're cutting me off. And, you know, and they were just so furious about the fact that they felt like that, that, you know, Owens and Minor and McKesson and ABC, all those guys, right? They felt all of them were, were taking it out on them in some way. And, and, you know, what we found out was that we have a hospital that orders, some would just make it simple, but let's say that they order 50 items of a particular product on an annualized basis. They order 50 of these things. Well, in the first three months of the pandemic, uh, you know, they had ordered, you know, 300 of those same items, right? And and the distributors had sent them 150, right? Mm-hmm. But, but they weren't getting their 300, and so they're out of their mind saying, well, where's the others? And, it's like, and, 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 and in 90% of those cases, probably 95% of those cases, they didn't even need them, right? right. Because their hospitals never became a hotspot. But so... We were hoarding in the hospital marketplace, just like 
you know, the American public was hoarding toilet paper for what reason? Yeah. No Artificial. one can ever explain, but it, but that's what was happening. And, and so I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm very proud of what, you know, people like, you know, you and I, that we got to be a part of that, that we built and have a supply chain that functions in this, in our great country in an extraordinarily efficient, effective manner. And if, it's hard to do right now. You know, we've never really faced a pandemic like we've never faced a pandemic like this in, 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 our, in anybody's lifetime. But the fact that if we can, you know, relax and calm ourselves and allow the supply chain to do what it does and to do it in, in its most efficient, most effective way and stop creating, you know, artificial demand in so many ways that most of the manufacturers, the supply into this stuff, just the supply and not the supply chain, but the supply into this act in more rational ways, um, you know, things will settle down. Things can settle down. Uh, but right now it's, it's not right. right. It's, it's still gone a little crazy and it's going to be crazy for a while until we do take the opportunity to have the faith and have the understanding and recognize that, you know, it, it can work, but. Right. Well, anyway, I think too, the, the, uh, predictability, of demand, I think it's been shifted because of the anxiety that's out there. And if you had a true reflection of products being used all the way back to the manufacturer, you'd have a supply chain that would be efficient and would be effective. But to your good point, uh, uh, there is this anxiety that I think is building artificial demand, which is then, you know, putting a, a, a an undue influence on the manufacturing as well. Well, hopefully it um, will begin to get better. And um, Mark, I, you know, again, I, I would say it's it's individuals like yourself that led uh, an organization like Cardinal Health, uh, which is a you know, major distributor both on pharmaceutical and med surge, that have uh, brought the innovation and efficiency to the industry. So again, I um, as we wind down, I want to um, thank you for uh, for the time you offered. I really do appreciate. It. I could I could actually. St- speak for long periods with you, Mark. It's always a joy and a pleasure to have you. Um, any other uh, parting comments you'd like to share to the group before uh, we sign off? No, I mean, you know, shoot, you, you asked me to do this and I'll still say what I said to you when you first asked me. It's like, well, why would anybody want to listen to me? But, uh, you know, I, but I appreciate it. I, 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 I am so very fortunate. I am so very grateful for the career that I had and am still having um, and, um, you know, the opportunity to spend time with, uh, with really great people like yourself and others is something that has been always just been a joy of my life. And, um, and so it was, hey, hey, it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. I, I, the opportunity to reminisce about some things that have, that happened in my, in some of the names. I mean, even here, it was just so spontaneous to talk about some of those people, but it was, um, it's been a great run. It's been a great ride. And, and, uh, and I, I truly am, I'm very grateful for it. And, uh, and I'm a better man and better person, better husband, better father, better grandfather now, you know, having had the opportunity to have an experience and to get to know people such as yourself, the many people that I've gotten to know such as yourself that uh, have influenced my life. And I'm grateful for it. I well, really appreciate we, it. We are too, Mark. And I, one of the comments I, I gave back to you is your ability to uh, convey a thoughtful perspective in a very listener-friendly way. And, and uh, you are uh, really uh, – uh, a very thoughtful individual. And again, every client that I ever had you involved with, uh, you immediately took to them and they took to you. And again, uh, 
my thanks and uh, I appreciate all your time and uh, uh, hopefully we can do it again, Mark. I'd, I'd welcome it. Thanks, okay. John. I really appreciate it. All Have right. Take, day, buddy. Thanks, all Mark. Right. That concludes our interview with Mark Rosenbaum, Chief Executive Officer at Rose Tree Consulting and past Chief Customer Officer at Cardinal Health. Thanks for joining.